Broadcasting from the Mid-Migration Outfitter Studios, this is the Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? Minnesota DNR had reintroduced him into this area. I don't know, maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I knew you were going to go there. I'm going to close the entire hunting season. Oh, really? The Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. By Haybale Heights on Devil's Lake. Visit haybaleheights.com for more. By Ottertail County. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. And by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. So we need to talk about North Dakota because I miss spending time in North Dakota. I lived over there for 10, 12 years or so, did a lot of hunting and fishing over there and and uh, moved back to Minnesota. And I enjoy where I live, of course, and Minnesota's got great outdoor opportunities, but there's something about something about the Dakotas. And uh, man, I fell in love with North Dakota while I was there. And to talk about some of the big changes, well... It depends on who you talk to about how big these changes are, but I feel like it's it was it was pretty big news to talk about this. So I'm going to bring on Doug Lear right now from the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, our old radio pal. Doug, how you doing? I'm doing great. I was good to visit with you, T-Bone. Uh, I always enjoy the conversation, man. Doug, we are two weeks away from my 500th show, Sporting Journal Radio. Wow. Gosh, I would, the Kardashians wish they were you, man. <laughs> yeah, my you bad. Got, they've been yeah. married and divorced like seven times in that. <laughs> I, so. It's the first time the Kardashians have ever come up on this on this show. Hopefully the last. Holy. <laughs> and the reason I bring it up, though, Doug, is because this all spawned back in the day. The first outdoor radio show I, I did uh, on the fan affiliate up in Fargo, uh, you were a part of that. And then we did stuff on some of the other stations that I worked dead up there and then of course you've been on this show many times so we're throwing a party coming up here april 9th is the 500th sporting journal radio show and uh, we're gonna throw a party up at at lake of the woods and i was just telling these guys dan and david are sitting over there and i was just telling these guys because we've been you know chasing snows around a little bit and talking about uh maybe doing some trips over to the dakotas a little bit and i said you know what i don't even care if the snows are in saskatchewan or if the snows are still in missouri we need to go hunt north dakota a little bit because i miss being up there doug and I, I've always enjoyed visiting with you, and you're, you're one of the guys that get it. Uh, fortunately, in North Dakota, from your time, I think uh, a couple of things have happened. Uh, either the statute of limitations has, you know, has worn out, or they forgot about some of the things that you've done. So I think you're still. I think you're welcome now. I think you're welcome. It's a combination of those two. Oh, good. I can finally come back. Perfect. Right. Right. Good. No, well, we, I always. I, I, we, when I when I talk about snow geese and I talk about North Dakota, you know, from from the reports I'm hearing, North Dakota's had birds. Saskatchewan's already seen some snow geese. Now that's your your front edge, your lead edge adults, which are are always kind of hard to hunt. It's really cool to see. I always encourage people to go watch that spring migration because it's fun to see, even if sometimes they're hard to hunt. But um, one thing that you've always said has always stuck with me when it comes to snows, and people get all all worried about being too late when that lead edge rolls through and you've always talked about people shooting snows on on the last weekend of the season um so there, there's all there's generally always some old uh, i should say some young birds yeah. that stick around late into the season you know and, and, and you're, you're spot on because actually at the at the sportsman show at the fargo i just ran into one of my friends that uh, he's been doing that exact same thing is not necessarily waiting 
until the last weekend of the season. But if he's had time, he's always gone out the last weekend of the season. And if you're willing to, you know, fill up the truck with gas and spend some time out there. Now with these nine prices. Times out of 10, right. And that, that's the you problem the this thing. year, quite frankly. But if you're willing to, to spend the money and spend that. the time, you're going to be able to find some birds. It, you know, it might be in northern North Dakota, might be Devil's Lake, might be southern North Dakota. But there's, there's going to be birds that are going to be straggling and, and coming on through on the backside. Well, that's the name of the game, whether it's snow goose or Canada goose or mallards or, or even fishing for that matter. Being able to go out and scout and put some miles on and try to find whatever game you're chasing after, you have to be able to put your time in scouting. I was actually um, earlier this week uh, texting with a friend of mine in central North Dakota and, and you know, he was, he was writing how what what's also changed so much um our, our spring snow goose hunt in north dakota i think it started in 1999 and one of the good things for the sport of spring snow goose hunting and one of the good things from the wildlife management point of view is actually the electronics and the immediate communication because you can you can find the bird so much quicker than you could back in 1999 with with all of the the cell phone applications and and all of the communication tools available and this is actually one of those hunts a conservation order that we want to get people to the birds we want to get them hunting those birds and which you know kind of is a a flip side from the fall when you have people that want to try to hold back on information and want to try to save it for themselves uh there's there's plenty of snow geese to go around and i guess uh maybe this is this is where sharing comes into it and right now is is probably definitely in that that peak window of getting out there and finding the birds, but by no stretch of the imagination, if you can't get out this weekend and you can't get out early next week, you're you're not you're not going to miss the boat. I'm I'm pretty confident. I've been wrong on a lot of things in my life, but you're you're not going to miss the boat. <laughs> you guys lost snow fast. What do you got on the ground up there now? Man, you, you're you're telling me we we lost. I would venture to say like eastern North Dakota had a lot more snow than central and western North Dakota. But I would venture, even in the Red River Valley in eastern North Dakota, we probably lost 80 to 90% of our snow in about 10 to 12 days. It, mm-hmm. it just it, it didn't turn on hot, but it turned on steady, and we shrunk the snowpack. The birds showed up, and prior to that, we were thinking in early March, there wasn't much snowpack in western North Dakota. There was a lot in eastern North Dakota. The first snow geese that showed up did kind of pop on the radar maybe a little bit further central and west than we would have expected. But after that, the snow melted, the birds from southeastern, south central North Dakota, um, even some, some great reports from people that I trust in, uh, in western Minnesota that were finding snow geese to hunt. Mm, there's no birds in Minnesota. You no, shut your mouth. They don't come through. <laughs> <laughs> so nor- when I lived in Fargo, Doug, now this is back in the days of the, of the hundred year floods that were happening every other year. Uh, a th- quick thaw like that was a big worry. Now, obviously, there's some some new infrastructure in place that's uh, that's that's prepared for that type of scenario. How what is, is do, do they even worry about floods up there? Is everything done? Are they still working on that, or what's the situation? They're still working on the diversion, and we still worry about floods. But it, it's actually been dry, and it's been drought that has been kind of the the word that's been uh, much more popular right now. We had a good snowpack. Uh, you know, we had a good snow in, in eastern North Dakota, 
but the way the thaw has happened, it's been, you know, pretty, pretty steady and pretty manageable. And, and obviously the infrastructure has been built up at that. We still have places. If you're, if you're coming to North Dakota snow goose hunting, you're still going to find muddy roads. So we're going to still ask people to try to stay on the hard surfaces and uh, try not to rut up the roads. But we probably aren't going to have the washed out culverts and the washed out bridges like we have in some high volume water years. So that's the good news. You know, the bad news is the, the high fuel prices and the way the birds are going to be spread out all over the place. But yeah. uh, th- those are the cards that we're playing. That's the hand that we were dealt. Man, I watched a truck drive into one of those washed out culverts one time. And uh, luckily the kid was okay, um, but just had no idea. And all of a sudden there was just no more road. <laughs> yeah, <they> just... <laughs> and, and, the, and the front end of the truck dropped in and it caught on the other side of the road. And he was just sitting there dangling as uh, four feet below him, just rushing water, uh, just washed the road right out. So it uh, gets, okay. gets a little wild. How's the, how's the electronic posting been going over there? We actually just started uh, sign up number two, and that goes through July first of this year. And all things considered, when you when you realize that electronic posting in North Dakota, we were the first state in the United States, and this was really something that was probably put into motion in a matter of three to six months. So I. You know, all the reports that we're hearing from the landowners, I, I don't want to say all, most of the reports that we hear from landowners that we're hearing from hunters have been pretty positive. No, no significant changes this year where, you know, we, we kind of take things in baby steps, but we didn't, we didn't have any real big, huge red lights that came on that said, whoa, this didn't work. And I, I would I would actually even paint myself a, a little bit pleasantly surprised how well it's going so far. Well, you can read more about it at sportingjournalradio.com. If you're going to end up going to North Dakota, you want to make sure you are aware of the electronic posting rules in North Dakota, and we've got it laid out there. Oh, look, we even did an interview with this guy right here back when it all was announced. Um, from Squat, uh, Lois Hills or Lois Bluff, what do they call it? Lois Bluffs. Lois Bluffs, uh, the old Squat Creek uh, in Missouri to uh, reports in Nebraska, South Dakota, and now North Dakota. I heard from a guy about seeing a snow goose um, in town. He was in town and there was a snow goose just laying, I think it was in somebody's yard. So he walked up to it, like, what the heck, you know, and the thing was alive. Let him walk right up to it. He picked it up and he kind of tossed it in the air to, you know, try to set it free or whatever. And it barely flew and it landed on the other side of the road and laid right back down. So obviously this this avian flu, this bird flu is a serious thing. From the Game and Fish Department's perspective, how do you handle bird flu or report, reports of bird flu or what are you telling hunters to be aware of? First and foremost, we really appreciate the eyes and the ears of the hunters that are out there because anybody that hunts knows um, how widespread birds and bird migration is. And when you have a limited staff, you know, to be out there and, and try to monitor everything, we so depend on the eyes and the ears of the hunters. So, you know, a situation like this with a, with a goose that's acting abnormally, whether it's in Nebraska, South Dakota, or North Dakota, biologists want to hear about it and know about it odds are if there's one bird there's going to be more than that so when when you have multiple birds that are acting abnormally then we need to know about so what what you have is a you know kind of like a a playbook where you get the report 
you investigate if you can get a sample of that bird then that gets sent into a lab we live in a world where you know we're in a, a click world where you expect to have you know results at the snap of a finger you know our responsibility is to try to make sure that what we're putting out there is is consistent and accurate information so until we actually get test results back we're not gonna we, we may suspect it's avian influenza but where we're sitting right now and you know this this speaks to the same protocol that biologists are going to have whether it's in south dakota minnesota north dakota is when you see multiples of dead birds just seeing one dead bird isn't a big red flag one bird acting strange like that that gooses that, that that's something that we'd appreciate a phone call on but then when you start to see multiples of dead birds you see six ten a dozen you see more than a dozen dead birds in a location then please by all means you know whether it's contacting north dakota game and fish south dakota game fish parks minnesota dnr wherever you're at we do need to know about don't don't just think well somebody else probably saw it somebody else can report it don't think well ah, it's, it's not that big of a deal we we do want to get those reports and um i've i've heard secondhand of reports that have been coming in and unfortunately I, i'm thinking moving forward we're going to probably hear even more of that yeah well s- supposedly there isn't harm to humans uh but i'll tell you what if i found one of those sick birds i wouldn't eat it and i they, they do recommend you wear gloves if you do handle one of those birds but, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, the, the world has changed. You know, you going going back into the, to the day of how you used to function. You can still do that, but it's not recommended. So, yeah. as little contact from your skin to whether it's meat or blood or anything raw, uh, by all by all means, try to make sure that you're wearing gloves. And then when you're cooking, make sure you're you're getting meat up to 165 degrees. And you know, I, I guess I'm. I'm not thinking there's many people out there that are going to, you know, eat the raw gizzard of a snow goose, but, uh, Hey, I'll be the first to tell you, don't do that. Dan, I'll give you five American dollars to eat the next. <laughs> you got 10, you got a deal. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Now here the... comes on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the snow goose gizzard challenge. Gross. <laughs> if it gets us famous, it's all for the views. That's right. That's right. Death, death <laughs> for the show. Ratings, hey, right? death equals ratings, as yeah, I always right. say. Take one for the team. All right. Uh, Doug Lear, where can people, I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff is on our website, sportingjournalradio.com, but if people want to find out more about what's going on there in North Dakota regarding the outdoor doors what should they do yeah I'd, I'd encourage people to go to the game and fish department website and within that you'll find um you know links to our youtube channel our instagram and our game and fish department facebook page um if you want to stay up to date we do actually have like text alerts that'll notify you of the the spring turkey application deadline the big oh, nice. three moose elk and bighorn sheep so we try to we try to you know we're we're not uh we're not still stuck on myspace we're we're moving forward <laughs> slowly but surely do you have your TikTok account, Doug? No, no. That's, we're saving that for you and your snow goose gizzard challenge. Very good. It's all yours. It's, yours. I, it's all yours. You can have it. All right. Doug Lear, thanks for the time today on the show. Good talking to you again, man. Yeah, and congratulations on, on 500 shows. I'm, I'm, I'm very, in, in all sincerity and professionally, Brett, uh, it's been so much fun over the course of time from, from Fargo to where you're at now to, to be a guest and to stay connected and, and see what you're doing because you are you're such a strong advocate not just for the you know the hunting and fishing 
but you're one of those guys and the rest of your crew, your entire crew brings in the conservation and the importance of nah, that. Those of guys don't care about components. any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> kill them all <laughs> every single one spear uh, every walleye I, I appreciate that Dougie yeah, and that is one thing that we really try to do you know same with the TV show is uh, we try to showcase the hunting and fishing and outdoor opportunities and then the science and management behind them and why those decisions are the way they are and pro- promote sustainability because uh, you know in some in some form or another in some place there's 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 somebody attacking the way we like to, to live our lives in the outdoors and we can't let that uh, we can't let them win so we have to yeah, constantly there's a, promote there's sustain. a reason why you're at 500 shows man you are you're a survivor congratulations well thank you very much uh dougler north dakota game and fish department uh thanks again take care thank you Devil's Lake is legendary, and this summer has been legendary for walleyes. Don't miss out. Call Haybell Heights Campground and Resort today to book one of their modern cabins on East Bay. The cabins are furnished with a full bathroom, kitchen, and all the amenities like high-speed internet and are clean following CDC guidelines. Staying at Haybell Heights gives you full access to a private boat launch, fish cleaning station, and beach area. Learn more at haybellheights.com. That's haybellheights.com. Plan your trip to legendary Devil's Lake today. Well, it's that transition time of the year where uh, uh, people aren't doing as much ice fishing if they if the ice is deteriorating everywhere it seems like so be very careful if you are out there but mines are turning to uh, snow goose hunting turkey hunting or maybe going up to the rainy river and doing some fishing uh, but we're going to talk about some of the other outdoor opportunities that uh, exist this time of year because there are some chances for you to get outside and enjoy the outdoors whether uh, whether you're hunting fishing or doing something else we're going to talk to eric osberg right now from otter tail lakes country about some of those opportunities right now eric how's it going i'm good how are you brett i'm doing well and uh eric i need to ask you about um something something about a maple syrup milkshake the heck is a maple syrup milkshake if you haven't had a maple syrup milkshake in your life you you haven't really lived but uh you had mentioned that we're kind of in that transition time uh maple syrup is a big thing around here or syrup you know tapping trees and and sure. and and um making your own syrup um there's not a lot of <clears throat> public opportunities to to tap your own trees but there is a public event in um Virgus, minnesota have you ever been to Virgus, minnesota i sure have absolutely yeah the whole, they got the big huge loon statue there mm-hmm. uh, so Virgus, they have a maple syrup festival and that's coming up on uh uh i believe it's april 9th this year um our website might be wrong and that's okay but i believe it is april 9th saturday april 9th in 2022 uh the community of of Virgus celebrates all things maple syrup and so there's different there's a pancake breakfast there's a competition you know people bring their their locally produced uh, maple syrup and they have a competition so you gotta make you know in years past they've had live music there's a maple there syrup milkshake mm. um it, you know you could you could burn some calories and then go reward yourself uh i don't want to have the maple syrup milkshake before a 5k <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good reward after a 5k <laughs> yeah. that's funny but yeah it's in and, and you know when one of the cool things about Ottertail county is You've got all of these different festivals for all of these different communities. Um, you know, whether it's the Maple Syrup Festival or it's the uh, Phelps Mill Festival or it's Vining has Watermelon Day. You know, that's not until later in August, but 
but you know for folks that are looking for a reason to visit or a reason to live here once we get into may i mean there's there's probably two or three festivals every single weekend all summer long well and we can learn about those on the otter tail lakes country website i'm assuming you can you can we have a new events calendar uh it's uh, ottertaillakescountry.com and uh yeah we've got all sorts of events that are anything that's happening you sh- you'll be able to find it on that website all right so i say well april 9th that's our 500 show so we'll be at the rainy river but we're gonna make some maple syrup milkshakes while we're fishing for for walleyes on the river how's that that sounds that sounds great we'll see bring some actually bring some up eric bring some up from the festival i I could bring i could bring i could bring some uh i could bring some maple syrup up i could bring (laughs) if you if you provide the milk uh, Dan provides the shake. I'll bring the syrup. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can shake too well. Hopefully the hopefully the bar's got some. <laughs> All right, Eric Osberg. If people want to learn more about Otter Tail Lakes Country, what do they do? They can find their inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. This has been the Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts, or visit us at findingfurandfeathers.com. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx.